Hey Mike and Dustin, listen, I just wanted to give you some advice. Listen to Brian, okay? He knows what he's talking about. And listen to me, because ah, I'm the screamer around here. Ah. But anyway, I just want to tell you, hey, don't go out there. Just don't go out there. I love you. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Happy extremely late birthday, Mike, and welcome back <laughs> to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Really appreciate all the support. Uh, before we jump into tonight's birthday bonus, I just want to shout out our website, don'tgooutthere.com. We got all of our episodes and interviews, our store, our blog, all of our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, like us, follow us, subscribe us, all that good stuff. We got a lot of interaction on our announcement post for this birthday bonus. Um, I'm glad Mike picked it. Uh, it's got a lot of fan traction. Uh, a lot of fans like this show. And speaking of Mike's birthday bonus, Brother Mike, why don't you announce what you picked and why you chose it? Yeah, man. So when I was kind of bouncing around ideas I wanted to do for my birthday pick, it takes me a long, it's the second year in a row we've done my birthday pick like four months, six months after my actual birthday. <laughs> Last year it was Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which everybody dreaded, but ended up being one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, by the way. I think it's a great episode if you go back and listen. The movie's not very good. Great the, movie. Ep the episode that we created off of that film, I think, is really, really good. So this won't be that. <laughs> this will be... Fun, a lot of fun for me and Dustin, and then I'm glad that you two agreed to go along the ride with us. Um, so I picked, and then there was Sean. It's a episode of Boy Meets World, season five, episode seventeen or seven, one of those. I don't know, but 15. I believe, yeah. So there you go, episode seventeen. So Boy Meets World is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's one of, if you don't count like serious shows like The Wire. Sopranos, Breaking Bad, it's my favorite show of all time that, that isn't like one of those dramas. Um, so many memorable moments. So many, I've, I've seen every episode of this show probably 30 times over and over and over again on reruns when I was a kid. Me and my sister watched it all the time. And I've always thought about picking this, but I hated to pick it on a week where it's my movie pick. It's, it's too short. It's like 21 minutes without the commercials. And it just wouldn't have done, it wouldn't have been up to snuff compared to what we've done so far on this show. But for a birthday pick, a bonus, I couldn't think of a better way to kind of weasel it in there. It's like, hey, it's my pick. You have to do what I say. And so here we are. Also, don't forget, me and Dustin used to have a show called Boy Meets Pod that the that the actual characters from that show stole the idea from us. <laughs> you know, also, it's funny that you just said Weasel it in there because, you know, Weasel. Weasel. Who's called Weasel? Huh? Sean's little brother. Or Sean's little oh, sister. yeah. Weasel. Jesus Christ. Man, that's a that's a deep cut right there, brother. That <laughs> is a deep cut. Um, yeah, so I picked this episode because it revolves around horror themes and tropes. Um, it's basically a 21-minute slasher film. Uh, it's fun. I think there's a lot of funny moments, a lot of subtle and not so subtle nods to old horror movies. Obviously, this came around around the time of Scream. I know what you did last summer. So you get Jennifer Love Hewitt in here, 
like a few months fresh off of that role. So she's, you know, her cameo makes it kind of fun. Uh, the slasher is dressed like Scream minus the skeleton mask, which I think is fun. It's like Skeletor and Ghostface had sex. Um, <laughs> that's just what the outfit looks like to me. Uh, yeah, there's even though, do you like scary movies? Not, you know, there's so many little nods to horror films in here. And look, if you don't know the backstory, uh, quickly, Topanga, Sean, and Corey are the three best friends that anyone could have, except for Corey and Topanga uh, are in a relationship together that goes back years and years and years to the sandbox when they were little kids. Um, and Sean and Corey are best friends, and Eric and Jack are Corey's brother and Sean's brother. So those are basically our mink. And Mr. Feeney, I'm pretty sure if you've never seen this show, you at least know who Mr. Feeney is, uh, the all-wise one. The maestro, the man, the legend, Mr. Feeney. Uh, great character. I I think it's fun. I picked it because I can't think of any other time we would ever cover this. And I felt like picking two non-horror things in a week on, on our horror podcast. So let's do it. <laughs> I'll go next real quick. Um, just being honest, I never watched Boy Meets World growing up. It just wasn't the show I was into. Uh, I was sucked. a, what'd you say, Dustin? I am shocked. Man, I was a half Asian kid. Man, I was watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> so, oh, man, there's an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh we could do, but I'll save it for another time. <laughs> uh, but I'll just say, just you know, real quick, I enjoyed the episode. I mean, I don't know the characters, the backstory. I you know, told Mike all this, so uh, I told him, like, I really don't know how to rate this because I, I don't know up to five seasons worth of story. Right. You know, I'm just watching... 20 something minutes but i'll just say i think it's a fun little meta episode yeah. of boy meets world um it's got you know like he said the jennifer love hewitt cameo really like that um the scream nods is a bunch of nods to other horror movies i'll just say i think it's fun i think it was and we, fun and we know if nico loves anything it's meta <laughs> hey he didn't hate on this one so i'll take it also the janitor's <laughs> name is freddie for a reason so that's another little nod there uh there you brian you want to go ahead and go next to your thoughts <laughs> Yeah, so I wasn't as big of a Boy Meets World fan as Dustin and Mike, but but I did love and I did watch the show. Um, and like Tiffany Amber Thiessen, I had a huge crush on Daniel Fischel, like pretty much every guy, uh, and I'm sure some girls did. She's Hey, she's two years older than me, by the way, so it was never weird. So uh, I've never actually sat down and watched all of the episodes in sequential order, but I, I felt like over the years I'd seen so many reruns, and even when they were on air – to start out with that I'd, that I'd actually seen them all, but I was wrong. I'd never seen this one. Um, and you know what? This is a good standalone episode, even if you weren't a Boy Meets World fan, I think. Um, I feel like Jeff McCracken and writer Jeff Minnell did did a good job of yep. hitting hitting somewhere in between scary movie and like an actual horror movie where it wasn't quite a parody, but it wasn't quite a horror movie, a horror film either. And, you know, yet it's still, and this is the biggest thing, like it kept the heart of Boy yes. Meets World. Absolutely. You know, that's my best way to describe it. But I loved it, and it is now my favorite episode of the series. Um, by the way, sidebar, if you don't have Disney+, Plus, watch this on Amazon or YouTube, because don't watch this on Vudu. It's fucked up. Um, it's fine for like the first 30 seconds, and then it starts over with the video, but the audio is all messed up. It's a, it's a mess. Just take my advice on that one. Okay. That's why did you watch it on those apps? Why didn't you watch it on <laughs> Disney Plus? You have yeah. Disney Plus. I did not have Disney Plus on my phone, and I couldn't log into it. Just 
Hey, so my Disney Plus wasn't working, so I may have used a number sequence to watch this episode. What the fuck is going on on Frank Gore's internet right now? All right. Uh, we're on Sean Hunter's internet, by God. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Mike, you said it. I, I love this show just as much as you. Well, maybe not just as much. I mean, you've watched it a lot more than I have, it sounds like. But I do love this show. We love this show. We uh, had a short-lived podcast talking about this show. Um this is a great episode. I hadn't watched it in probably a year and a half or so. This episode went back and watched it. I was like, man, this is this is such a great episode. If this is all you see from the show, it's perfect. Because like it captures the humor and the dynamic between the characters. The only thing you don't get is, you know, Amy and Alan's. Uh, you don't get to meet the parents. But that's okay because yeah. everyone else is great in this episode. Um, great cameo with Jennifer Love Hewitt. I... Love it. So I'm, I'm excited that you picked this one. If you're looking for another horror connection, producer of this show and the show Dinosaurs, which is funny, but the next episode we're going to review. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for a horror connection, Michael Jacobs, the producer of this show, also helped write and produce Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. So this is much better than that. <laughs> All righty, guys. Any more opening thoughts where you just jump right into it? Topanga. Okay, let's go. Uh, this episode was a very dialogue heavy, but um, it was fun. I'm glad you picked it, Mike. And I'm, I know you're excited. We're reviewing this. It's one of your favorite shows and favorite episode. So I'm excited we get to do this for you, brother. And I hope I, my scene by scene did it justice. So let's kick it off. Episode kicks off with a quick theme song, and now we see Sean walking to class. He asks, "Why is Corey sitting in his seat?" He says, "He and his wife broke up, so he needs a buffer." He says the breakup is causing ramifications in his life now. Mr. Feeney says, nice word, Jughead. Sean says he's only sitting here. He's not actually in the middle of them. Kenny asks to paint to borrow the big pencil, and Sean snaps, saying, I know what that means, and no one borrows more pencils than me. Angela says he was just asking to borrow a pencil, and Sean says, if he asks again, I'm going to stab him through the chest. Mr. Feeney tells him to shut up. Sean stands up telling Mr. Feeney, you remember what it was like to be stabbed in the back? And Topanga says, I didn't do that. He stabbed me in the back. Corey says, I'd stab myself before I stabbed you. Feeney tells him this class will not be more interested in love relationships over whatever the hell I'm teaching. Feeney sends Corey and Topanga to new seats. He now asks Sean a question and says, one more interruption. All you nuts are going into detention. The janitor walks in creepily and Feeney says, that's it. Corey mocks Mr. Feeney and he says, this is detention. No talking, no moving or fraternizing for the next hour and a half. Don't think you're not being watched just because I'm not here. Kenny says, I just wanted a pencil. Sean tries to leave to go to his locker, but the door's locked. Corey says, that's against the Geneva Detention Convention. The janitor gives him a creepy stare, and they ask if he's got the key. He flashes a big set of keys, and he walks away. Angela grabs Sean's arm, and he says he likes what's going on. Suddenly, the map in front of the board rolls up, and it says, no one gets out alive in blood red. I don't like it as much, Sean says. It's Feeney, Sean says. It's fake, he says. Corey says he's teaching us to pay attention or die. Sean says this makes sense if you've seen as many horror films as me. The locked door, the bloody writing, the creepy janitor, and our soon-to-be first victim, as he points at Kenny. Why me? Corey says it certainly won't be any of us. Angela asks, what's that? And Sean says, that's our beating heart. The door swings open and two guys walk in with a basketball. He says the water pressure was great, but there was blood in all the showers. Sean says this is all the work of a diabolical master, Feeney. 
Corey says we're too young to be scared of detention, so the school was a house of terrors. Someone turns the lights off and Angela screams as we see Kenny stabbed through the head with a pencil, dead against the wall. Oh my gosh, they killed Kenny as the kids run into the hallway. The lights are flickering and a song is playing saying, Welcome to John Adams High, where you're going to die. Topanga says this cannot be Mr. Feeney. Topanga says she doesn't care who's behind it. She's scared and wants out. They run down the halls looking for keys. Why won't you believe me? It's so predictable. First, there will be some strange shrouded figure creeping behind us. None of us will see, as one does that. Lights will flicker, then Feeney will pop and reveal his master plan to us. We see Feeney now, and Corey compliments his efforts. Sean says he knew it all along. What was the big lesson you were trying to teach us? And taps his shoulders. Feeney falls to the floor with scissors stabbed into his back. I was wrong. Feeney dead, Topanga says. Angela asks if any one of us are safe. Sean says virgins, they never die. The two jocks say they're dead, and Sean says I'm as close as I can be without being dead. Sean says, let's calmly recap. Angel says, we should split up. And Sean says, immediately, that's wrong. Corey says, the janitor is the killer. That's the end of the janitor, Sean says. Sean now says, you were wrong to break up with Corey. None of this happened when you were together. More squeaking as Angela yells, he's coming for us. They run out and see a trash can. Angela is complimented on her screaming. They find the janitor dead and 15 retainers. They don't understand. The janitor was the last person here. Sean says the janitor is the last obvious suspect. Corey now says one of the killers is one of us. Corey and Sean ask Topanga if we upset you enough to kill. Corey says one of us is a crazy, psychopathic murderer. The question is, which one of us is it? Topanga says none of us are the killers. There has to be someone else in here, and there has to be another way out. All right, Brian, what do you think of the opening set? <clears throat> okay, so I think that this, well, one of the reasons why this is such a memorable episode is because... You know, it starts out just as a normal Boy Meets World episode that you would expect. And then it diverges like so far from the normal like formula that we were all accustomed to. And I think that was a little bit of a risk from uh, Jeff Minnell and Jeff McCracken. But I think that that's a risk that definitely paid off. Um, I love the addition of Kenny. Uh, <laughs> the use of his character is so meta and plays so well in this. Richard Lee Jackson, uh, who played Kenny, he's known for, for being Ryan in uh, Saved by the Bell, the new class. Uh, bring it on again and most recently nashville but was also in star trek d space nine okay so that's my nerd reference of the night <clears throat> uh but that, was, <laughs> but that was my that was my favorite line of the entire episode where Corey says give me that pencil kenny and he says i don't have one like i don't know that and and when he mocks feeney and says i'm not in my normal seat like those were my favorite lines um, also love the meta line towards him when when the four recurring cast members are like, yeah, it's definitely not going to be us that dies. <laughs> um, I, I also noticed the episode pushed the, the boundaries of the language uh, like way more than the normal show. Uh, Feeney saying hell here. And, and I think I, I think that was actually edited out of the original airing on Disney, uh, but it was added back once it got on the streaming services. Um and also the you bastards that, that gets mouthed twice, but not actually said. Okay, which honestly brings me to, all right, this is going to be not popular amongst my co-hosts here, but it's going to be my least favorite part of the episode, which is the South Park references. Like, And it's not that I don't like South Park. It's just that, to me, it dates the show with a joke that's 20 plus years old. And Time I mean, out. I know the show is 20 plus years old, but it... The show doesn't stand out like that. That so, dates the show, not the fact there's a fucking payphone on the wall. Well, I'm not talking and he tries about to get a quarterback from it. 
Okay, look, and I just that's what I'm trying to tell you is that it doesn't date the show as oh my god, it's, it takes place 20 years ago. It's like a you know, it, my mind I can sit there and place everything in this time period and everything's perfectly fine until I get this South Park joke and I'm like, oh well, uh, that's old well, ass joke. Brian, I it I kind of agree with you. Like I like those references, but I liken it to and I love. Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin, but some of the jokes he makes and the characters he voices within that are very dated. And to me that dates that movie as well in a certain way. So I kind of tend to agree with you and be on the same line there. Plus it's, it's jokes that we've heard for 20 years. Like, you know, it's not something that's, Oh, okay. It's boy meets world. I'm not in this universe. It's just, it's a joke that we've heard for 20 years. Like, Oh, you've killed Kenny, you bastards. Like, okay, great. That's, I don't know. That's, that's why to me, and I'm just being nitpicky. It just, it got annoying. And so I was just, that's my, that's my biggest nitpick. Um, the last thing I'll say is that old music playing over the school speakers, uh, legitimately to me, the most creepy thing in the episode. I loved it. Loved the choice there. Um, and I would continue, but I think it's against the Geneva detention convention. So go ahead there, Mr. Settle. <laughs> great line. <laughs> Corey, I love it. Oh man, this theme song is like nostalgia juice for my veins. I just, I don't know. It's a little short thing, but I've always loved it. I think it's, and I quote it all the time. How does it go? Down this, when it's born meets where. I'm not going to sing the whole thing for you, Brian. Oh, come on. I'm not going to sing the whole thing, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to travel down this road that we call life and get on with the show, you know? Okay. okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I like the addition of Kenny as well. I think his character fits perfect here. Um, again, just naming him Kenny in general is definitely a South Park reference in and of itself, which I think works if you used the joke once. If they had the "Oh my God, you killed Kenny" and you took out the "Heidi Ho" and you took out the "Oh my God, he killed Feeny," I think it works a little bit better. But um, it that part doesn't bother me, but it does get a little tiresome. Sean is normally like a tortured soul character. He's one of the hearts of the show. His backstory and how rough he grew up and poor and and all that stuff in this episode and it's not that he's like that in every single episode but the consistent through line is that he's kind of like the hunky tortured soul okay <laughs> that wears a leather jacket in this episode he's very silly he kind of like switches roles with Corey almost who's normally really silly and and you know kind of loony and Sean becomes kind of that in this episode. Um, Sean basically also becomes uh, Randy Meeks in this episode. He's, he's literally, literally Randy from scream. Uh, and I think it works. Feeney, cra uh, Feeney cracks me up in this episode, especially in this part where he tells everyone to shut up. Uh, that's great. And then a little bit of backstory. Corey didn't technically cheat on Topanga. Um, but that's why they're not together. Another girl kissed him. Although I guess he could have stopped her. So, you know, he is. Hey, I would have kissed her back. She was hot. That that's what I, I'll let y'all blank on her name, but she's in so many other things. Um, she played, uh, didn't she play Velma in? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Linda Cardellini. Cardellini. You go. I'll look her up. Okay, that's uh, that's, that's who played uh, Velma in Scooby Doo. If that's who was in that, that's yeah. who that is. That's, that's who, who that is. is. Yeah, Linda yep. Cardellini. Yep. She was. Uh, she worked at the ski resort. And yep. she may or may not have made a move on Corey and Topanga got out. Anyway, that's a, go ahead. Back yeah, yeah. to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it feels like the line, 
give me that pencil was almost a mistake by Ben Savage that they left in so Kenny could go. I don't have one off the cuff. Like maybe that was wrote in there, but to me it felt really organic. I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I, I agree like with you, Brian. It's 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 really, really good. Uh the janitor being named Freddie is an Easter egg. Uh producer of the show, Michael Jacobs, even copped to that as a nightmare on Elm Street reference, even though it was spelt different. Um again, Feeney is great here. The whole, the whole, when you act like two-year-olds, when you act like two-year-olds, like it's just a simple little humor like that that I think works really well. Uh, cheese product, because you can't say cheese whiz. <laughs> That's a great line. Um, Geneva Detention Convention, which tries saying that a bunch of times fast. When you have a stuttering problem like me, doesn't really work. But uh, I think that joke is really, really funny. It works. The creepy janitor, I think it's played really serious and well. Like I... I think it works really well as like this standalone horror part of this episode. I want to give props right now to Trina McGee as Angela. She's fantastic as a scream queen. Like she should have had a movie out of this episode. I think she could have done a great job in like one of the scream movies or even in scary movie or something like that, where she kind of plays the same character in those movies. I think it would have worked. Uh, Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Trina McGee. I think no one gets out alive. That being on the chalkboard, classic, iconic. It's what most people take away from this episode. Um, I love the, well, certainly not going to be any of us, which is a great metal line that you reference. Like, duh, it's not going to be. Kenny, you're on screen to die. You're like every other slash movie that's ever been. I love how they turned the thing that Sean thought was the heartbeat and it was just Eric Palace in a basketball. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Eric and Jack are great here. The only nitpick i have is a nitpick with the show it's like every season eric got more progressively stupid and it starts in this season uh when he goes off to college and i think he's really dumb in this episode but it's funny um there's so many like that's straight out of this movie the blood in the showers that's straight out of this movie whatever like i I think those lines work really well uh by the way great kill here of kenny like i know you may not love the line oh my god they'll kill kenny but uh Big pencil through the forehead is fantastic. That would work in any slasher if you made it more brutal than they were able to. I think the John Adams High song is fantastic. Uh, it's creepy. I would love to see it in a real horror movie. Like I think it would work so well. Also, to go back real quick, Corey saying, always remember he was this tall. It's a fucking hilarious line. That's that's awesome. Um I, let's see stabbed in the back for Feeney is great writing because they mentioned it earlier about having you ever know what it's like to felt like to be stabbed in the back by a woman and Feeney ends up dying with scissors stabbed in the back so I think that's fun and one of the other memorable things from this episode is Eric's dun dun duns uh, I think it, it adds some really good comedic relief when you get into these more serious scenes um uh, Last of the obvious suspects, <laughs> the killer is one of us. Those movies, like those movies, don't exist, but I think it's hilarious in this world. They're that's just what the movies are called. So, uh, and also one quick thing: the score here is fantastic. Uh, when you know when the killer kind of starts running around and they're, I don't know, that score sounds like it's from somewhere else, but it's really really well done. So that's all I had. No, it was a lot, but we only have two scene by scene. So here we go. <clears throat> yeah. Um- Great opening dialogue. It's just so familiar. You get, like I said, you get the dynamic between all these characters, and it's fantastic. You get witty remarks, the banner back and forth with Feeney. It's just, it's a perfect opening set of scenes or opening to the show. 
Um, Sean saying ramifications and Feeney responding, big word, Jughead. That's great. That's hilarious. Uh, the creepy janitor and Kennedy are both great nods to horror, unfamiliar uh, characters being introduced and to cause suspicion and also be a target. Love that. Uh, you can't convince me, though, that Corey wouldn't get sent to the principal's office for uh, threatening to stab Kenny. I mean, that's a little, geez, maybe in a, maybe this is uh, dating it more than anything, a pre-Columbine world, maybe. But this is fucking insane. He just threatened to stab a kid. Um, I think it is a great meta moment when he says, uh, when Kenny is the victim, and he says, why me? And Corey says, well, it's certainly not going to be any of us. And they all laugh like that was one of my favorite parts because obviously the four recurring characters can't be the first to die. Um, we get a nice nod with the screen costume. I love that. And you know, when the lights get turned off, I agree. It was a hilarious kill with the pencil going through his head. And then Corey saying, we'll always remember he was this tall. Like that's my favorite line from this episode. That was great. Um, OMG, they killed Kenny. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Like sometimes when we talk about movies that are supposed to be from a, a, a specific time period, we say, man, they really killed this. This really feels like it was, uh, you know, ca they captured the essence of what it was, was to live back then. I don't have a problem with the, the South Park reference because I can remember, let's see, this episode came out, what, 98? I can remember being 98 and my friends and I quoting South Park left and right. So it was just a very typical thing for uh, school-age kids to do. I don't have a problem with it. It is what it is. Um, I laughed when he's like, they'll creep behind us when none of us will see and they turn around immediately, try to catch it. And it goes the other way in front of the, in front of the camera between them and us. That was great. Uh, Feeney's death is funny because how he just stood there quietly, stoic look on his face and he just fell to his knees. thought that was great. Uh, another great line is when he's like, you know, explaining the rules. He's like, virgins never die. And Corey tells the panga, thanks for saving me. That was funny. And the last thing I have on this set of scenes is, like you said, Mike, Trina McGee, holy hell, great screams. Like, she deserved a, a, her own horror movie off of this. Like, that was fantastic screams. But overall, great set of scenes to get us open. And it just, like I said, I hadn't watched the show in about a year and a half or so, however long it's been. And uh, it just really made me remember how much I love this show. Also love how Eric and Jack cheer on Feeney. After he dies for having sex. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. They leave Eric out in the hallway by himself, and he turns around, and another girl is there. He calls her the killer, and she says she isn't, and he starts to make out with her. She says she's a new student here and got locked in study hall. She says her name is Jennifer Love Pfefferman. Sean says it's always the one you think that can't be the killer. Pfeffy screams when the phone rings, and Angela says she's the screamer. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite? He says, party of five. They say they, they say they can use the phone to help, but Eric rips the cord out. He now talks to the killer. He says, what all killers say? He wants us to stay here so he can come kill us. The group's all in the library, and Topanga tells Angela she doesn't trust Jennifer Love Pfefferman as far as she can throw her. Sean says, this goes against my horror movie instincts, but we should split up. Corey asks Jennifer Love Pfefferman why anyone would do this to us. We're good kids. Why? She says, we're all scared, but you know what? We're going to get out of this as she kisses his cheek and Topanga watches. Books, books fall from the top shelf and Eric runs to her. 
It's too late, but I know who the killer is. I caught a glimpse of the killer. She whispers to him, but more books fall, killing Eric too. The other jock says he can't afford the rent and goes to jump off the window ledge. Angela gets on the ledge with him to talk him out of it until the cloaked figure pushes them both off to their death. The figure walks to Topanga, Sean, and Corey. He puts Corey and Topanga's hands together and Sean pulls his mask off, revealing it to be Sean. Corey wakes Sean up and he says, Feeney is looking at you like he's going to kill you. Sean asks Mr. Feeney if he'll let everyone go. It's my fault. He apologizes. He's been taking their breakup hard and taking out on everybody. He speaks to the class saying they've been together since before I knew you. If you're not, I feel like there's nothing I can depend on. It makes me angry. There's nothing I can do to fix it. Corey says he's not responsible for this. Feeney says something bad happened, but it's not your fault. You're a troubled young man. I recognize you're a troubled young man from the movie. He dismisses everyone and closes the door. The masked figure sneaks out and behind them. End credits roll and we see Mr. Feeney asking the students question in rapid fire format and they answer military style. The class applauds Mr. Feeney who wakes up from his dream to the class throwing paper balls and airplanes at each other. He grips the scissors tightly as the episode ends. All right, Brian, what do you think about the ending? Yeah, so I liked the first set of scenes, but it was more like boy meets world comedy. And when when Jennifer Love Hewitt walks in, the episode to me kind of gets substantially better. Um, if you if you didn't know, like Will Friedel and Jennifer Jennifer Love were were dating, which is why she's on the show here. Um, I guess they met on 90, 1997's Trojan War movie, which sidebar absolutely killed it at the box office. By by the way, it had like three hundred million on a fifteen million dollar budget. But anyway, back to this. Um, and upon further review. I'm not real sure walking up to a girl and starting to make out with her is super acceptable now, but Hey, you know, Hey, what, what hey, can come, you do? Come out with Absolutely. me some night. <laughs> oh man. I was going to say I missed the nineties, but man, I just need to be Dustin's friend. Um, no, I'm just kidding. going around, man. We can't be doing that. <laughs> uh, last thing I have <laughs> to say. No episode, bro. Come on. <laughs> The last thing I have to say is I also love how the cinematography flips from its, you know, usual standard sitcom camera work to that shaky cam in some parts and, and the meta party of five reference with Nev and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And again, I just think that it, uh, it does do a nice job of, you know, combining horror movie tropes and playing more on that nineties horror movies and, and even Scooby-Doo, I think a little bit here. Um, Absolutely. You know, but it does all that, and then by the end, we still get that heart of Boy Meets World, like I brought up, and it kind of brings it all together. Um, great episode, and oh yeah, oh yeah, Blood in the Showers, classic movie. I loved it. Um, just full of show- <laughs> it was full of showers and blood. It's absolutely great. Go ahead. Man. Uh, I wrote again here. In my notes. Eric is so damn dumb. Uh, so that's not very nice of me. But uh, I love I love Jennifer Love Hewitt's cameo here. The name Jennifer Love Pfefferman is awesome. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, every time I every time I watch this episode now, when Eric does that, I, I shout, "That's assault, brother!" Because <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Um, Eric on the phone here is fantastic. When he rips it out of the wall and says, "When the killer gets here, we can hit him with this." <laughs> uh, great comedy, love that. Um, I love how you get some under the mask breathing, like it's Halloween, nineteen seventy eight. I think that was a nice touch. Um, the score within the library, I think, is is really good, really creepy. You know, like Brian said, from this point on, it becomes a little bit more of a horror movie until the very end. Um, Jack on back and forth, Eric, Feffy, didn't really know her. That's really good stuff. Um, I feel you, though, Jack. Sometimes I don't want to live when my rent is due either. 
Totally understand, brother. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> Sean being the killer to me was always a little weak, but it does tie back in really nicely as far as giving that heart of a Bore Meets World episode that we look for. And it was a dream, so and it was his dream, so that makes sense. Uh, I love the, I recognize it from that movie, Trouble Young Man. Great line by Feeney. Uh, also love Feeney's dream here at the end, the Sir Mr. Feeney Sir stuff. That's fantastic. I'm sure that's every teacher's dream, but that's never going to happen. Um, the the final shot when Feeney looks at the scissors with the almost like psycho music, I think it's a great closing shot and a great way to end the episode. You mentioned some of the horror tropes and stuff, but I, I love how they moved the camera in the last like nine, ten minutes of this episode it, it's it's more horror like you get the scooby-doo shot where they're all kind of running around the halls uh looking for the killer kind of vibe you know that's the vibe i got from it as well brian so uh that's all i had a lot shorter this time but i i think this is a really nice combination of you get your humor that you normally get from bull meets world you get some really fun horror tropes which michael jacobs and others have worked in the industry so that makes sense and you get the heart at the story which is sean not being a or trying to learn how to live without the, especially the three musketeers. Now that Corey and Topanga aren't together. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I put in my notes for this set or this section of the episode is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Whew. I feel you, Eric. Like I, I too would have to fight the urge to just walk up to her, start tongue kissing her. But then again, that's how you cut, catch a charge. Um, I love when Feffy screams and then Angela gets offended. She's like, uh, that's my that's my, you know that's my bit. I love that. That was awesome. Uh, I like the the scream reference on the phone. What's your favorite scary movie? All that. Um, I did too. I thought it was hilarious when he ripped the phone off. And he's like, oh, we could hit it with this. Then he continues to talk on the phone. And then, like I said earlier, he uh, when he hangs up the phone, he goes back to it and hits the the receiver on it a couple times and checks to see if a quarter fell out, see if he got a refund for that. That's something that no one born post in the 2000s would have a clue what the hell that's about uh using a payphone which side note i randomly found a payphone in knoxville tennessee in an arby's parking lot recently and i don't know how to feel about it i don't know why it's there <laughs> um uh okay so typical this is this almost reminds me of like cabin in the woods right when they go into the dark library it's like they're being influenced to do this because why the hell would you go in a dark library when there's a killer on the loose um but then the death by books, I wrote, come on. And so that's when you, your first time watching this episode, you're like, what the hell? Like books fell on him and it killed him. Um, actually, that's not how I felt, but I, I would imagine. Um, I did like the realization, though, that it was a dream because it's Boy Meets World. Any other outcome just wouldn't fit the show. So like, it was a nice way to tie it all in, put a bow on the episode and still have a message so a lot of boy meets world you know a lot of the episodes do have a positive message and that's what it did it had the feel-good moment with feeney telling sean you know this is, not everything's your fault you can't stop blaming yourself for everything so that was nice and then uh great dream sequence by feeney as the credits roll when he yells out nebraska sean hunter hunter nebraska and he's like the 75th state main exports tortillas like that shit cracked me up uh that's how he knew he was awake but um yeah, just overall, a really fun episode, and it's probably, I'm not going to lie, it probably just sparked another rewatch of Boy Meets World for me. Yeah, nice. attaboy. Attaboy. All right, let's check out our social media comments and questions real quick. We had quite a few. 
Uh, we'll do Instagram first. Uh, Queen is Elizabeth seven one seven commented, "Oh my gosh, they killed Kenny with a laughing emoji." Uh, it was a great line. Uh, Schmoopy Jennifer Kramer. She commented, "I love this so much." And then my friend Jeff the Gamarina he said, "Mmm, Jennifer Love Hewitt." <laughs> oh, oh man let's jump over to twitter real quick kevin scanlon commented easily my favorite episode in the entire series dun 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 i'm done uh sean Irwin said best episode of the show we got a lot of those comments randy smith commented one of the greatest shows lucas burkett i will never forget here's a knife here's a gun they'll be fun for everyone mookie uh boomer underscore t1 one of the best episodes and we got several quote, uh, several quote tweets. Uh, I think this is the best episode they got. And Patrick Jacob, big friend of the show, who remembers this classic episode? So, Mike, I think this was a great pick. A lot of a lot of people like this show in this episode. Yeah, Nico. Before we go into kill and score and all that, I just want to say I'm bringing something out of retirement just for this episode. You get Uh-oh. a twofer. Are you ready? Danielle Fischel, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Call me sometime. Hmm. Interesting. How are things at home? Hmm. Things are great, buddy. Things are <laughs> fantastic. Hey, Trina McGee, call me sometime. Boom. I was gonna say also Trina McGee, but I'll let you have one, buddy. I'll let you have one. Friend of the show, friend of the show. Me, wait a minute. Huh? 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 Something I said? <laughs> no, I, I said Betsy Randall call me sometime. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Do you, I mean, do we have any? I don't think we got any fun facts here, Mike. Do you got anything? Budget? Uh, no. Outside of Michael Jacobs being uh, a writer producer on the Dream Child, I can't really think of anything. Oh, here's another horror connection. Sean Hunter, Ryder Strong, is in the original 1999 eight Cabin Fever. Eli Ross Cabin Fever. So uh, he's one of the main characters in that movie as well. So there's some horror connections here, man. Okay. Nice. I got one. This is uh, one of only two episodes of the show to be rated TV PG instead of TV G. Uh, the other was Brotherly Shove from 2000. I'm surprised the one where Gory and Topanga get it on finally isn't rated TV PG, <laughs> but whatever. And actually, and I don't remember, did one of y'all mention that Jennifer Love Hewitt and Will Friedel were, were actually dating during this episode? Yeah, Brian did. Yeah, yeah, okay. Alrighty, guys. Uh, you want to jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in a rating? Let's do it. Who wants to go first? I mean, I, I'll just go ahead and go first because I really, I've already told Mike. Uh, I don't, I don't know this show that well, honestly. Obviously, I've heard of it, knew about it, but I don't know like the backstory or anything like that. I just, I thought it was a fun episode. A lot of great horror nods. Uh, definitely feels very '90s, very meta. Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. It's great. Uh, Favorite kill, Kenny with the pencil, just because I thought the scene was funny. Least favorite, I'll go with the janitor, just finding him in the in the trash can. Uh, rating, I really have no idea how to rate it, honestly. So I'm just going to give it a seven. Perfect. I think seven's fair, considering I don't know anything else except the 22 minutes we watched. It was gen- <laughs> it was decently funny. Um, a lot of great nods, and I, I really don't know how else to rate it, so I just gave it a seven. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds great. I'll go. I'll go ahead and go. Let the two Boy Meets World fans go last. Um, my favorite kill is Kenny. Uh, my least favorite kill is the the push out the window where it kind of looked like they were jumped three feet down. I was not a fan of that one. Um, and and as far as the summary, look, it's toned down, but it's still a meta homage to to some of my favorite films. Uh, you know that, and then you couple with the nostalgia of Boy Meets World. 
where can you go wrong? Uh, in my opinion, only with the South Park references. So I gave it a nine. Nice. All right, I'll go ahead and go. Um, as far as my kills, favorite was Kenny, just because, like I said, it was hilarious when uh, Corey said, and we'll always remember he was this tall. Uh, <laughs> least favorite kill was Feffy and Eric because, come on, man, it's just books falling off the shelf. Come on. Uh, but I love the show in general. This episode is fantastic. Probably the best one, um, if not one of the top three for sure. So I, I gave it a 10. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, my favorite kill is Kenny. Uh, and my least favorite kill was kind of a tie between the janitor and the books falling. Uh, just that's neither one of those are very inspiring kills. I'll even take the window kill because at least something happens. Um, but yeah, man, you kind of wrapped it up, Dustin. One of my favorite shows and it involves one of my favorite things, which is horror movies. So you kind of put the two together and I don't really think you can go wrong. It's super nostalgic. I love this. I love this era of television. Uh, and I just love this show. I love its characters. I think it's great. And again, we get back to the heart of the show at the end. So you get a little bit of everything, uh, you know, and it's 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 perfect to me. So to quote Billy Bob from Varsity Blues, I give it a 10, a fucking 10. <laughs> I just yelled into the mic. Hope everyone turned their volumes down. Let me hear it at home. Brian will fix that. Uh, that gives fine. us Thank a composite you. score of a 9. IMDb has it as a 9.4, so leave there it to Nico down a little bit. I'm just kidding, bud. Ah, I can't believe Nico rated a 7. That's against the, the Geneva Detention Convention. Let's go. It's pretty good for a meta movie. It is. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. true. That's oh, God. He's going he's gonna to give I know. Movies. <laughs> he's going to give I know what you did last summer, too, a real low rating. I can feel it. Well, I've heard that movie sucks, but anyway, we're not talking about I'm, I'm going to give that one a look. I said, so am I. That movie's terrible. <laughs> uh, Mike, you got any final thoughts on your birthday pick? I mean, I'm glad we got to do it for you. No, man. Thanks for finally, you know, having me the chance to do it. It's my fault that we do mine like eight months late. And I think next year I'm just going to keep the tradition alive. I'll let you know when I'm ready to do my birthday pick. That's how I feel about it. Uh, <laughs> also, March is kind of a busy time for a lot of people, so. Uh, I like to wait until, you know, the schedule kind of clears out a little bit. But, no, thank you guys for letting me do it, uh, and thanks for giving it such a high rating. I appreciate that. Uh, one of my favorite shows, and they put some horror stuff with it, so kind of hard to complain on my end, man. I, I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. I love doing birthday uh, bonuses for all of us. Just give us a chance to re review. Next year, Halloween 3. Here we go, baby. Let's go. Fuck. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, I'm going to shout out our blood donors real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Camper level reoccurring, Clayton J., Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, Carrie Adams, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, and Sean Irwin. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Hunter Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez-Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis from the Too Close to Home Podcast, Heather Smith, Kylie Denise, all the way from Australia, and Adrian Aiello. Our legendary blood donor we have a film review to do for our, is Michael Azelson. And our final guide donors we have film reviews to do for are Christian Cunningham and Matt Sears. Really appreciate y'all. Y'all are awesome. And uh, happy belated birthday again, Mike. We really appreciate all the listeners and fans. Y'all have a good yes, one. Thank you, guys. Just want to remind everybody. Oh,